I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's night. Hello and welcome to Freaky Friday! Here we are, back on the Freaky Jesus Friday Christ. podcast! I'm podcast like I did one of your hosts, Kenny Dimebron, and I'm Freaky Friday. We're coming at you from the armpit. It's a club downtown here in 2019. I already said I'm one of your hosts, Kenny Dimebron. I'm Phyllis Gove. And with us today to talk about episode 15, this is called Noshing and Moshing. Noshing and Moshing. Chuck Hayward. I've never felt freakier. <laughs> <laughs> the freakiest of all my Fridays. Yeah. Kind of oh, is it? Oh my That's word! I didn't know what I was walking into tonight. This is uh, this is a pretty impressive. So thing few here. people yeah. do. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I really get yelled at. That's yeah. Like well, thing. you know, I get, it's very late. Yeah. <laughs> I respect Kenny for having that much yeah, energy does, at yeah. this hour. Chuck, he fucking yeah. brought that out strong. Yeah. And then he just goes He'll be asleep in five minutes. He's like, I'm so tired. I've been working all day. Like, oh, don't worry, I'll wake you up. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you uh, did. Now I feel I on top of the world. You remember Chuck from our episode on life? Um, a like great episode. Movie. Yeah, we had such a good oh, time. That. That I made a- um, the mistake of listening to that episode when I was stoned. The mistake, oh, no. and I was lifetime. like, I'm the dumbest person who's no, ever spoken. All, I was like, I didn't get any of the jokes. I was completely <laughs> off base. I was like, they <laughs> must episode. be like, how do we get through this without embarrassing? No, absolutely not. I actually, I mean, it was one of those. That was one of. And we've, we've had a handful of these over the course of the podcast so far, but um, a movie I went in kind of knowing very little about, or yeah. at least a preconceived notion of what it was, and then left it with such a tremendous amount of respect for yeah. what they were doing. Um, and you absolutely helped in that in terms of oh, like great. just shedding Thank light you. on things that I, you know, so yeah, it was a great episode. Thank you. And we've it. since been back to the Martin Lawrence well with Blue, Blue Street and the yeah. Eddie well. And the Eddie well with yeah. Bowfinger, which just did did Bowfinger. Yeah. Oh, I. Wait, did I listen to the No, I didn't. It's you not have to post that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We, we just recorded it though. I texted you, Kenny, about the uh, Outside Providence one. That was one of my favorite episodes. Oh, oh thanks. Man. Like, I love that movie so much, and no one gives it the love that it deserves. I didn't really know it existed until this, oh until I watched God. it. Such, Such a great yeah. movie. Yes, yeah, great movie. Such a great yeah. movie. Such a great movie. Um, year, great TV year. We're doing a TV yes, show from yeah. 2000, of course. We are. Well, I mean, yeah. So, this is the second episode. After the cancellation. After the cancellation. Indeed. Oh. This one. Dead man walking. Yeah. Well, d- yeah, dead man. Viewing? I don't know what. Just limping. <laughs> dead man to airing. Its, to dead man conclusion. dead. Yeah. Dead man in its coffin on yeah. Fox Family Network. This was, you know, we talked about this a little bit, Kenny. I think on text or maybe it was, I don't know, in person or on one of the episodes. But um, the the sort of uh, 13, 14, 15 um, really – this was the one for me anyway, that when I watched this, it kind of broke my heart. Cause I was like, this show 
really fucking figured itself out. Like God, that's I not to say that way. that's not to say that the great episode there weren't great episodes before it, but this string and then this episode in particular was just like, man, like it's just it's a bummer. Obviously, it's a bummer that the show died, didn't get to do what it wanted to do, and 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 all of that. But um, man, it goes out strong. I said that you know I, I said almost the exact same thing you did. I said another tremendous episode. Yeah. The first one that really made me upset that this show didn't get more time. There were so many more stories to tell. Yeah. So, and this it was, is, yeah, it, it was one of the more, like, I don't remember this episode from when I watched, I, I first watched this show in its entirety about a year ago. Oh, okay. so I'm super late to the party, but I was like, this show is fucking incredible. I was like, everybody in here is a huge star today. Yep. And I, I did not know that they all were born from this one uh, womb. And I, I don't remember this particular episode that much standing out to me. And then when I went back and watched it again, I was like, this has so much fucking pathos, Ugh. like that more yeah. so than any other episode. And, and, has more for each character and even some of the adult characters that we never heard from before. Yeah. I, I made little notes on it, so I'll, I'll get it's, to it. I'll, I'm going to read the synopsis real quick. Um, oh, you're getting tr- to that early this time. Yeah. <laughs> well, because we only quicker, do these, we we do these an hour. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, you won't be here that late. Um, while trying to escape his problems with his parents and Kim, Daniel becomes attracted to Jenna Zank, a dropout from McKinley who is into the punk scene. Trying to impress her, Daniel changes his appearance and meets her at a punk show and brings Nick and Ken along. Trying to cope with the knowledge that his father is unfaithful to his mother and whether to tell her, Neil focuses all his energy into his new ventriloquism act, neglecting school in the process. The weird parents become intoxicated at the Schweiber's party while Lindsay becomes attracted to Neil's older brother, Barry, played by David Krumholtz, who is back in town from college. Lindsay is given detention after coming to the aid of a girl being attacked by a boy. Uh, Noshing and Moshing aired on October 17th, 2000 and was written by J. Elvis Weinstein and directed by Jake Kasdan. Um, this episode to me was one of the and this has happened, you know, a couple times or a few times over the course of the of the series so far. But this was a lot of like, I can't believe they're doing this. There were a lot of things in this episode where, and I say that with nothing but love and adoration, mm-hmm. that that they went as deep and as dark as this episode. Like th- this, it's quite possible that you know they knew their days were numbered and that they were just writing what they wanted to write. Um, and more power to them. Um, and they just decided to do a deep dive into Daniel's depression and, and the darkness that he lives with, with his family mm-hmm. to deal with Neil's depression and how he sort of uses this ventriloquist dummy as a cipher for a lot of the shit that he's dealing with, with his, you know, with his father and his mother. Um, and then to, you know, bring David Krumholtz into it. Who's fucking great. Yeah. He's, incredible. he's really good. <laughs> so good. He's really good. I, I just, spin off. Yeah, I was just yeah. like, it, it, it and and also an immediate chemistry with Linda Cardellini. Yeah, the second that they meet in the halls at high at the high school, you're just like, oh, these two have to end up together. So can we just talk about Krumholtz, please? All right, he calls himself a handsome, dashing Jew. <laughs> Which he actually was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've yep. always thought he was more attractive than he's gotten credit for. Yeah. Well, you were right. Yeah. <laughs> because I just, I just came is- here so can't even say that about something. Came here for some David Crumble to Hollywood has always typecast him as like the kind of dorky, weird, almost like Sam Levine-esque Jew, yep. which mm-hmm. is kind of funny that they play brothers totally. here. Totally. Because they've always kind of been in the same lane, like this like throwbacky vaudevillian Jew thing, mm-hmm. right? But uh, Krumholtz really – I swear to God, you're going to think I'm crazy. I thought he had Ryan Gosling vibes in this. He's – he's you know what he's channeling a little bit in this? I felt a little bit of Francis Davenport from The Ice Storm Ooh. Um, when he plays Toby's kind of like – yeah, you know he gets the ladies, and he's yeah. kind of into pot and all that. So, like, he's kind of the cool college guy. He's got a little bit of that. I mean, he's he, there's a little bit of. A, I thought it's a little Affleck in it. T- totally, totally. Like, just like this cocksureness yeah. that I yes. like. I guess he always has, but like he's always played as like a sidekick. Yes, mm-hmm. this guy could have been romantic lead. He could have yeah, been. I agree. I agree. He's also it's interesting too because like he's got real range. Yeah. Um, you know. In 2000, and uh, this was the same year, um, or at least that this aired, but he's in an episode of ER. He's the one who stabs Lucy and Carter nice. um, and kills Lucy. They deserve it. Um, he, plays this, <laughs> he plays a schizophrenic who uh, – anyway, long story short, um, it's interesting to see just the complete spectrum that this guy can mm-hmm. do. There's a little – like his cocksureness in this episode feels a little bit of – there's like a touch of bravado to it in the sense of – He's probably not the cool guy at college, but he's right. the cool guy when he yeah. comes to town. But it works. 
Because he's a, what he's telling her about college is that you get a chance to recreate yourself, yeah. to like create this whole new persona. And then he's sort of recreating a whole new persona for himself when he comes back about yeah. who he is in college. So he's like, totally. oh, you are only what your story you know, mm-hmm. projects and you mm-hmm. can, you can control that narrative wherever you are, as yeah. long as you keep moving around a different, totally. it was, it was kind of profound and it felt like he was, you were talking about like the leading man sort of cocksuredness. It felt like he had the attitude that Daniel would, would have if he had the vocabulary to express what he was feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. No, for sure. It's, there's also a very sort of, um, there's also a little bit of like when you come home f- if you don't live in that city, um, you know, this is home, right? So mm-hmm. there's a swagger to it. You know everybody, you know everything, and 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 there's a comfort and a confidence that comes with that that you also feel from him. Um, but there's also just like a genuine – he just – you felt a history with him and Lindsay. Like you could imagine these two kids growing up together because, they're, you know, Sam and Neil are close friends mm-hmm. or whatever. Like these two families were – so you can kind of see them having a past and maybe he never – you know, made a move or always had a thing for Lindsay or whatever the case might be. It you feel all of like that. that though. I really? didn't No, it didn't. He, he, he's at least two years older than her, right? Yeah. It seemed like, I mean, the one thing that I said that's a little judgmental, but I, I stand by it is okay. like, Lindsay is so thirsty. Right? <laughs> like she's, throughout yes, the yes. series, even with Nick, but like, she's so. Well, and thir- for Barry, big time. She's so, she gets in a dress. Yeah. She's never in a dress she's in this whole episode. She looks incredible. She does. Yeah, she does. But like, she gets in a dress for this dude. Like, she's into him. Well, the and, second like, she sees him in the hall, I get she's it. She's like he's immediately. so cool in that scene. <laughs> like, he's just, yeah. he's so yeah. cool. He like, he, he, what, it, what who's the, the, the jerk the, teacher? I can't remember his name, but I love when he's like, I hate when they come back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know who, you know who kind of you know took over his, the, the career you should have had? Mm. Um, Jake Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, oh, that's interesting. Hey, Jake Johnson's yeah. a little better looking than him. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but different, like, different not, good looking. Yeah. Different good looking. He's got those numbers money though, right? I hope so. I hope so. I too. mean, it's like seven or eight years of numbers yeah. syndic- CBS yeah. syndication <laughs> yeah. money in his yeah. pocket. So, I think and he's and he never has to work again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's fine. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I, I agree with you. He's kind of an untapped resource. I don't, and he was in, um, a pilot for Amazon a couple years ago. They tried to do the interestings, the Meg Wolitzer book. They tried to do that as a series. Yeah. And he what was in that. that. They passed, it, they passed on, on. Yeah, they shot it and they, wow. it didn't happen. But Was that when they were still letting the people pick? Yes. <laughs> okay. It was around that Let sort of inflection pick. point. Don't, yeah. don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, they were letting the people pick. Oh, like, sure, I think sure, sure. They were still like, <laughs> doing yeah. what they wanted. Gotcha. But I, I still think that yeah, – The uh, people never would have picked Mozart in the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Shots I don't know. Shots <laughs> I've been on that show. Fuck them. <laughs> you had it too good for too long, Mozart in the Jungle. Wow. But, but he won the fucking Golden Globe. Feel the Nybart rat. He's my favorite actor. He's a great he's he's yeah. really, really good in this. Um it's you know, this I think this episode in particular had two kisses that were gut punches. The first is Neil seeing Barry kissing Lindsay, yeah. which obviously breaks his heart because he obviously has a big crush on her. But then the second is Daniel seeing Jenna kissing that other guy while he's getting his nose pierced and then realizing that he's not going to get the girl. Mm-hmm. And then he yanks his nose away and like yeah. he's got a hole in his nose. He's got, he's got a, a hole in the back of his yeah, head. He's, he's full he's of holes. Fucking full of holes. Yeah, he's he's bleeding from various yeah. holes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting how this episode plays with sort of romantic expectations, I guess, to a certain degree and what, what that means. And yeah, I mean, I, you know, Barry doesn't know that his brother has a crush on Lindsay, so he's not doing it to be a dick or anything like that. And I don't even think Jenna's doing it to be a dick either. I think she just, not to be a dick, but I don't think she knows that he's into her. Do you think so? I think girls know. Yeah, I think she was having a fun time kind of toying with him. I think That's she was possible. like, I know this guy isn't who he's portraying himself to be. So I'm That's just going to have true. a little fun with him. Like, you know, yeah. I'll teach him a lesson. The the first yeah. kiss, the Barry kiss, mm-hmm. I think he knew something was up. His his hey, buddy. Yeah, I rewound like, that part. Oh, <laughs> that's the part where, where that's the part where yeah. like he doesn't mean to, but he ripped Sam Levine's heart out and just like, yeah. held it. You know, it's like that. That hey, buddy is so harsh, and they have a little throwback to the Sam's, uh, not Sam, um, Neil's attraction to, 
Zelensky early on. Yes. Like where she's like, I thought we oh, talked I'd about be- this, Neil, or I thought mm-hmm. like – yeah. I thought well, he, yeah. Barry says you should be spending more time at their house. He's like, trust me, I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> I've been trying. Like, Neil's been in there. But it's so funny. It oh, kind of shows like him. that stratification of high school, how important those couple of years are. Because it seems like Lindsay may have looked like had a crush on uh, Barry and he was sort of unattainable. Yes, yes, yes. And now Neil has the crush on Lindsay and she's mm-hmm. unattainable. So it's like those are, you know, two years in the adult world mean nothing. And For sure. Well, I think it also <laughs> – I, I wonder if Neil – Having seen the kiss, if that's what kind of pushes him to tell his mom. Like, I wonder if on some level it fucks with his whole, like, perspective of, like, love and romance. And I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm overanalyzing. But it's, it's an amazing scene with him and his mom when he tells her. Because he tells her. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. that's crazy when you think about it. Now, admittedly, she knew. And they've been working on that. Um, but he doesn't know she knows. No. So it's just a real kind of – it's a crazy thing for him to do. It, it, it didn't feel like a decision. Like it felt like yeah. he wasn't going to tell her Then they were having that really real intense moment. His yep. heart had been broken. I think he was just raw. And I think that – having that story sit on his heart, yep. he just blurted it out. Like That's I, what I'm wondering. Like, yeah. And I, yeah, and it doesn't – I don't think that it was necessarily uh, – a he was doing that was a result of him seeing the kiss. Right. But I think it just, it That's, took away yeah, all his yeah. governors, you know, I would, I would agree with that. It felt like he, he couldn't keep it in. Anymore. Right. Right. Like he was just kind of bursting with so much emotion yeah. based on what he's seen. And based on that, on top of all that, he's done his amazing routine with the, with Ooh, the dummy. Yeah. It's hard to watch. <laughs> so does dad on all this shit. Watch. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> the leather but shoe. The thing, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, it's that man really pays for great your, for your meals. Like, careful, bro. Like, it's it's great. It's um, so it's like that. It's like you could really sense with this episode, you're seeing Neil at a breaking point, and that's an amazing thing. Like obviously, the end of um, the, the uh, what's the name of the oh the garage door, mm-hmm. uh, the episode where he discovers the infidelity right mm-hmm. and he throws the the garage door clicker at the car and 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 he's clearly really fucked up by it and then they kind of take a break it's it's there it's simmering and then they like again three episodes it's just yeah. great writing yeah See, what's so yes it's great writing what's so interesting is each member of the schweiber family has a different kind of take mm-hmm. on this cheating right because we yeah. learn all of their takes so we learn that you know, Neil kind of has your typical um, black and white view of it, mm-hmm. right? This is bad. Do I tell? Do I not tell? Barry says, oh, yeah, I knew. But, like, think about what this would mean for our family. You know, they might get divorced. We might not see dad. Like, it would yeah. be really bad. Yeah. And then Mrs. Schweiber goes, look, I know, but, like, marriage is complicated. And I think that's interesting as you get, you know, as you kind of get older, Um your your understanding of of marriage and relationships and infidelity changes to some extent, and I think what I'm really getting at is like TV generally talks down to you mm-hmm. and generally yeah. only presents the Neil version, totally. You know where infidelity is bad, and I'm not saying it's not bad, but where infidelity is black or white, and you just present it that way, and, and do we tell, do we not tell? And I I, I kind of love the way they kind of stepped you up. To the more grown-up, mature mm-hmm. look at yeah. the way this relationship's working. But to be clear, you're pro infidelity, is what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, that's. <laughs> I just want to make sure I'm digging out that what I'm. What I, oh my god, this, um, this is all theoretical. <laughs> but yes, but yes. <laughs> no, it's it's funny that you say that they work you up to the more mature because it's like it's Im- straight emotion to pragmatism to yeah. like. Yeah, not uh, what, how would you define the mom's perspective on it? It's kind of like acceptance of what is, like like um, yeah, li- like, accepting reality on reality's terms. Yeah, I think that's fair. The, I have to be careful what I say on this episode because, <laughs> because, because Laura because Laura and Chuck are very close. This is going to be one indeed. of the few episodes <laughs> she might actually listen. She'll actually listen to. <laughs> Yeah, Kenny knows better. <laughs> <laughs> she, she would murder. Joe, Joe Chuck was on. I was, yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, yeah the, we, we, Laura and I got in quite a big fight today, and I said, huh, you know, trying to like get out of it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to see Chuck tonight. <laughs> you knew that she'd be happy about that. It's like, oh, tell him I said, you're the lifesaver. <laughs> I bought you a good 30 seconds yeah, of pieces. Yeah, 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 
I um, but I agree with what you're saying. This idea of of sort of seeing the different sides of infidelity, and 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 again, like, and they're all kind of like this. If you look at infidelity like a sphere, yes, you're still in the same hemisphere, totally. But you know, it's just not that. You, you know, don't often binary. see a kid's perspective of it either. Like, I mean, I'm sure that there have been on television, but again, I'm just sort of surprised by the way that they handle it here. Um, which again, like credit to all the writers, which is this infidelity isn't just swept into the rug. It isn't a one episode and done thing. This show is quite serialized in its character arcs. I mean, we talked last week about, um, about Bill and dealing with sort of, you know, the coach dating his mom and, 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 that was something that was built up over a course of episodes mm-hmm. as well. Um, and again, sort of to to reiterate kind of what I was saying at the top of the episode, but like you're really seeing a show finding its groove here and giving and showing you how deep its bench is and how these ancillary sort of like supporting characters are just as rich as its main characters yes. is, is tremendous. Um, I also think that – and this is just kind of a little thing, but this episode is – one of the darker episodes, which is maybe why it's one of my favorites, but like little things like the teacher reading the people magazine about the Reagan assassination, Mm -hmm. like again, little things like that, that are just sort of really kind of hitting home this kind of simmering something underneath the surface, people kind of dealing with, you know, darkness. I I think that it's um, to sort of pivot to, to Daniel for a second, because it feels like he's dealing with a lot of stuff that we didn't really know a lot about. I haven't really seen his family situation before. Yeah, we saw his cousins in the like, yes. second episode. So we knew that he was yes, uh, related to some <laughs> degenerates. And it some ne'er-do-wells. Yeah, some ne'er-do-wells. Those guys were yeah, yeah they, scary dudes they that were showed up at that part. Ne'er-do-well. <laughs> they ne'er-do-well. <laughs> Um, that's true. So I guess that was the first hint we got of that. And then this goes a little bit farther, but again, sort of a, that mom felt like a little bit of a day player like that. That mom didn't feel like she was yeah. as sort of fleshed out. Um, but bold choice, giving, giving one of your main characters a day player mom. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Kinda. Yeah. yeah. They gave Kim Kelly and Dowd. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, but so, but the but the mom more than anything drops some bombs for us in terms of us understanding just what his home life is like. Which mm-hmm. it's a shame that it took till episode fifteen for us to get this because I think that it would have I think done wonders for Daniel's character. Yes, it would have explained a lot more. He can yes. come off a little two dimensional, but I think yeah. that you're right. I think in a in a subsequent season that they would have delved a lot deeper into him, and, totally. and we see that he that they had the ideas for it in this episode. You really see them planting some seeds. Yeah. Um, that, you know, would never grow. But it, it was – you really kind of got a sense of what makes this guy tick. Um, he's been a bit of a cipher is kind of my feelings about Daniel's character on the whole. He kind of – a little bit of a skeleton key where, like, they plug him into stories and he kind of will bend towards whatever they kind Always of need nice from him. Have. Always nice to Sure. Have. Mm-hmm. But it – so it was nice to see an episode that was about him dealing with some shit by himself – and, you know, as I, as I said in our uh, Looks and Books episode. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I kind of always wanted to be a goth when I was a, a kid in high school. He's not really a goth. No, I know. He's a punk. He's but a punk. I know. But, yeah. I, I, but I think that there's there's... I mean, it's it's pretty hardcore punk in the sense of the aesthetic that goes with it. Like, 
you can be a punk, a fan of punk rock and not go with white cake makeup and, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, and sort of that kind and of. All those eggs that he wasted. And I was like, <laughs> wasted? <laughs> wasted? Not, that's like, the right use of it. That's it. That's, that's what I it says like on the carton. Breakfast is going to be very <laughs> lacking tomorrow and it can't smell good by the end of the night. It's, no, it's eggs yeah. and blood and head yeah. sweat. Yeah. It's, I, I it's gnarly. Yeah, it's probably not so cool. So you didn't miss out on that portion it's of true. it, Phil. But I wish <laughs> you look like you have a very clean, clean uh, hair God. situation. Punks aren't good? Yes. Punkers. Punkers. <laughs> Punkers don't call themselves punkers. No, they don't. But goths are good. Like, truly, like, goths are like, yeah, they're a little death obsessed, but they're not obsessed with, like, violence. Beating people up. No, yeah. no, no, no. Like, like shoving nails in people's faces. Yeah. Like, punkers are fucking scary. They like weirdos. to, they like it's, to hurt each yeah. other. Yeah. There's, there can be, yes. I, I think that you never would be a punker. Be no, a I don't, I don't particularly love punk music. You'd be a Robert either, Smith so. man. Yeah, or, or a Trent Reznor fan. Uh, it's, that's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. But you understand my point. That yeah, is somewhere sure. in the middle. It's, a, it's more yeah. of a thinking man's, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because last night uh, I was watching the AMAs with my roommate and uh, Green Day performed. And cool. Love th- Green Yeah, Day. it was cool. Uh, they played Basket Case and it was great. Um, that was what was in my head when you said Green Day. Yeah. Look at that. Do you makes. have the time? <laughs> so it's <laughs> Dookie, Dookie's, Dookie's a great album. To listen to you on? Yeah. Uh, so they get up there and they play that song and and I I turned to Mel and and who's ten years younger than me and I was just remembering when Dookie came out it's 1994 it was a big album sure. um, and how punk rock fans called bullshit on Green Day yes they did that's true because they were just like this isn't punk this is like pop punk or some shit like that it also was right after the grunge thing. Right. So all the grunge fans were like, yeah. is this what we're into now? Yeah. Is this what we have <laughs> to be into now? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is it. Even, yeah. even like yeah. us like 12 year olds were like, really? No, 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 no. Like this is not the next thing. But it kind of was for a second. Oh, I fucking love that album. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah, great, it's, yeah, it it's still holds some, up. It's, it's a great album. It's got some bangers on there. <laughs> but it's just interesting how. It's got some punkers on there. <laughs> <laughs> but to your point, Green Day's not pulling that shit. Like Green Day fans aren't nailing, putting nails in people's no, shit. Like they're, 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 fans. they're not. Um, they're, they're pop fans. It's just, you know, with, with more heavy guitars and, yeah. and someone wearing spiky hair and whatever. But it's just interesting to see how this depiction of punk, which is closer to what you were talking about, of this unable to figure out how to express shit that's going on inside yeah. you. And, and, violently doing so and just doing things that that are that are counterintuitive and seeing daniel dip his toe in those waters and realizing that's just not obviously what he wants to be doing Mm. um but to come back to what i was saying on looks and books i understand daniel seeing jenna and being like this there's something interesting here like i don't know what this is and look at the audacity and the rebellious quality of this and and that i understand yeah so that stuff I thought was really interesting to tap into Daniel's character because he doesn't really kind of feel that way, which we see that you know at the end when he ends up at at, at uh, Kim's doorstep. Yeah, and, and it kind of mirrors what we were talking about before with um with Neil's or I'm sorry with Barry's sort of identity thing, where it's like you never think that the cool kids might want to <laughs> be something else, but yeah. I think he saw her and one of the things he was intrigued by was like she has a thing. Like whatever, I don't know what the fuck it is exactly, but like it, it's a st- you can see yeah. it from across the street. Yeah. Like she doesn't play by anybody's rules. I that's how I feel. That's what I want to project. But I feel like my projection of it is a little more muted, and I feel like he wanted mm-hmm. it to be a little bit more uh, on the surface. It's that zero fucks quality. Yes, you know what yeah, I mean. Exactly. She was just like, like I mean, I looked at her. I, first of all, I also respect wardrobe and makeup and the sure. way that they did up yeah. Jenna and and even the club, the armpit, like. We've all seen lots of television shows where they phone that shit in or they that don't looked, go far enough. Like pretty pretty real. It looked yeah. real. It like did. her hair was fucking crazy. Yeah. I respected the hell out of it. She, the actress did a great job. She did. It just, all of it was like, could have felt shitty and wrote and again, to the test and judgmental the too. It totally. didn't feel yeah. judgmental. Not at all. Like, yeah. It felt almost like there was an admiration there for, for sure. And you don't even, and you're not even like angry at Jennifer for kissing the guy at the mm. end. No, no. She, well, she didn't lead him on. No, exactly. I, I think that it was, uh, I also like that they, they showed punk culture because to show 1980 and pretend that punk culture wasn't a thing yeah. would not really be doing them the moment justice. Right, like it was a thing that 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 was creeping in and became really big in the eighties, and then it pretty quickly turned into hair metal. 
Yeah. But um, right around that time, 1980, yeah. Yeah. with the four bands that Daniel mentioned and a bunch of bands that I've never heard of, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, it really- <laughs> it's so funny when he mentioned that. I was like, oh, those are the bands that I know. And then she, 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 she moves. Yeah. <laughs> I could be a punker. And then, yeah. <laughs> then she made me, she reminded us how, we, how, yeah, like, how little punkers losers. we actually are. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, we're, I mean, we're losers. What do you want me to say? Yeah. But I, yeah, so I thought that was really cool because, you know, for the most part, they felt like, um, you know, they're seeing the who. Yeah. Things like they felt a little bit like 70s holdovers. So I think the Reagan thing was a big kind of yeah. part of that. And I think, you know, introducing punk culture. For sure. Um, I want to make a, a point that you were kind of hitting on earlier about Daniel's family. We've now met out of our eight principals, we've met seven of their families, everyone but Ken. Correct. So and six families, I guess two people are are related. So six families, and they're obviously all like white, lower middle class to kind of middle class families, maybe a little upper middle class with the Schwibers. Mm-hmm. Um, they are all so distinct from each other. Yeah, they are all such different versions of 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 what this suburban family can look like, and I do feel like people just get caught up in this idea of. All right, well, is one parent or two parents? Well, how many siblings? All right, well, then after that, it's all pretty much the same. Yeah. It's not, yeah. right? And they're not, it doesn't, it, it doesn't feel like for the Kellys, for instance, um, that like, or the Haverchucks, that like poor is all that they had. Those are two very different versions of lower class families. Wait, explain. I'm sorry. Those two references are Ke- Kelly's Kim, and Haverchucks? Kim Kelly's family and Bill, oh, and oh, Bill Haverchucks' okay. family. Are like Kim Kelly's family is a very dysfunctional two parent family with like a, a lazy brother living on the couch and they're uh, very emotionally abusive. Yes, Bill Haverchuk has one parent. She's like a former stripper. He doesn't really know his father that well, but yet he lives in a very loving home, you know. But where he is also kind of neglected by necessity. You know, as a single parent, mm-hmm. she has to work. So I think that that's – and that even like the aesthetic choices of all these families, mm-hmm. you know, like the little aesthetic choices <clears throat> you have in the Schweiber's house that denote a little more upper class mm-hmm. and a little more marble. There's a little more mirror, a little more crystal. There, it's, it's a little more carpet. It's just a very interesting um, – they're very interesting depictions of these, of these families. And I think that – yeah, I think we as TV writers and TV creators, particularly with um, – Secondary characters so often just mail it in. Well, I want I want to piggyback on that for a second because I I fully agree with you, and I also kind of want to highlight how rare it is to have parents and siblings be this well defined mm-hmm. and this specific. Because generally speaking, on broadcast television anyway, um, you know, bringing in a sibling for a guest spot because it's an easy thing to do, or a guest arc, or something along those lines. And I don't mean easy in a bad way necessarily, but like we want to show a different flavor of this character, so we're going to bring in a parent or a sibling or something like that right. to do a three or four episode arc or something to that effect. The the specificity of these like these characters are again just so well drawn, so rich in their detail that it's they they just they don't feel like emotional wallpaper as a lot yeah. of siblings and parental characters can feel on broadcast television shows. So it, f- totally it feels agree. like these second these I guess tertiary characters were in the original Bible, and it was yeah. like yeah. we're just waiting for yeah. the episode where we can totally. introduce totally. these guys where it yeah. doesn't feel yeah like because yeah, they had stories yeah yeah you, for sure you really feel like all three of the freaks that we know <clears throat> Daniel Nick and Kim that they really were they really were products of their homes yeah, yeah. you know Nick's I mean, father being in the military yeah, I mean again military like military and these these very different these weird expectations placed on him and mm-hmm. these weird you know kind of you know militaristic um this militaristic set of consequences that he mm-hmm. had to kind of uh expect if he failed like it was a uh, it's really it's really just well done yeah. really well thought through yeah, but well, one of the things too I noticed about it, we were talking about like the you know how you present yourself and everything. Like it felt like the, this whole thing was about like a loss of innocence in a yeah. way. Um, definitely for Neil, obviously you know in his storyline, but also I feel like for Daniel there was a little bit of loss of his innocence because you didn't get a sense that uh, he knew what his next step was, or he's always, he always portrays himself as the kind of person who sort of knows what's going on. It's the first time we sort mm-hmm. of saw behind that, and then it also made it look like everyone's pa- like the grown ups have no fucking clue. <laughs> 
how to do life either. Yeah, They're just yeah, older yeah. than we are. And yeah. it was, yeah, because it was like none of them have their shit together. They're all making, you know, sophomore high school year type mistakes you know oh we got too drunk so you have to drive the thing <laughs> it's like yeah. uh we're cheating and you could get found out and it's like they, they have no fucking and the, the you said the uh the teacher who's like god i hate it when they come back it's like mm-hmm. i can't even handle the the insight that this child yeah. has it's like <laughs> well it's it's funny and and maybe it was me projecting a little bit because of uh uh Krumholtz being in the ice storm but that party felt very yeah, ice storm very to ice me. Totally did. you know what i mean of yeah. just being like oh, these parents that are just so kind of trapped in their own existence that they mm-hmm. don't know how to get out of. Um, Being a parent sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, you're America. You're From done. a father of four. <laughs> you're, no, I mean, it's the yeah, best, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. But um, you're, you're, you're just... I love there is, there is really like a like a arrest development. Yeah. You know, you just... I mean, I stop. I don't go out. Yeah. So when I go to a party, I'm a total idiot. <laughs> You know, because <laughs> there's no, there's, I guess the, and I, I, again, stop social. I have no idea. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I'm, I'm not married. I don't have kids, but I guess at a certain you point, like mom. you're not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh my Some God. Some of them, not telling um, you which ones. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, you, I guess you stop growing on a certain level, right? Like at, at a certain point, like with, an, with, without yeah. looking inwards, right. And without having either. A, a, a therapist or someone to help you kind of work through your stuff, you're just going to kind of be like, well, okay, I get out of bed. I do my thing today. I go to sleep. Like, it's just, I imagine well, I it feels. I have a therapist. doesn't yeah. change anything. But, you know, the, uh, <laughs> the, um, yeah. Jerry Seinfeld, or someone has a, <laughs> someone, <laughs> someone has a joke. I think it's Seinfeld that, yeah. that men, men stop paying attention to fashion the last year they felt cool. Sure. Something like that. So like sure. whenever – I don't know the answers. But like yeah, I say this is a adult man who's wearing a hooded sweatshirt. So – I wear hoodies. You, yeah, it's a very nice looking hoodie. Oh, yeah. thanks, It looks guys. soft. Yeah, and, it looks great. Yeah, like you that. look comfortable. It's lovely. My point is yeah. the reason you go out on that blow yeah. and you don't give Rosso an answer is because there is no right answer, right? Well, that that I agree with for sure. I agree with it. So is it that clear? Because I feel like in a room today people will be like, oh, no, no, there is a right answer. He tells her. I, I don't. I think yeah. if there is an answer, it doesn't come that early in the episode. And yeah. and also, I feel like if there, it feels like you're you're proselytizing versus yeah, like having a a character discover yeah. something. Yeah. I would also argue you too are, that you, the, you guys have worked in some nuance. That, <laughs> I, would, I would also say for Neil's journey to your point about like it being too early in his arc, I think he needs confusion, not clarity, on some level. I think that he needs to sort of, um, I think he needs to find his way to telling his mom himself. As opposed to someone pointing him in that direction, mm-hmm. um, in order for the, I think for the catharsis to mean mm-hmm. as much. Yeah, but yeah. I, I now mean, I feel like if that were later in the episode where he was, it was like almost yeah, resolution yeah, yeah, time. Yeah. I would have had you yeah. know the the principal spit out some crazy shit and then not remember it the next day because he was mm-hmm. medicine headed or something. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. Um, I uh, I like the undeclared thing. It's cute. Yeah, Who knows if it, if it was part of the whatever. Um, Nick and Ken's hair is getting real curly and shaggy. Yeah, I don't know uh, what's going on, but it's, it's getting kind of nuts. Ken, yeah, they didn't have that guy. They didn't guy. have anything to do this this episode either. Well, you know they have like that person who cuts your hair every like, – cuts yeah. people's hair. They're like hey, – it's like this is the way the hair looked. Yeah. yeah they didn't have There's that no person. hair continuity this no, time. No, there's no hair continuity. Yeah. That's what they call it. That's what they call it. Um, that I guy. Thought- it's like a barber. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I liked Barry speaking Yiddish to Lindsay. It just made my heart swell yeah, a little bit. To, yeah. I just thought it was yeah. cute. Hearing her pronounce yeah. it <laughs> and, then, oh, and then using it wrong <laughs> later. It was great. And yeah. him not calling her yeah, on no, it. That, uh, that, that was real sweet. Yeah, that really is the way to every Jewish boy's heart. It's misusing Yiddish. It's the greatest thing. It's literally what we all It's the best thing. Yeah. Um. Uh, um, and then I, God, I, I loved when he called himself the, a handsome, dashing Jew. That, I mean, <laughs> yeah. that that yep. is a very specific lane that very few of us can occupy. Yeah, I'm very glad true. you said us, Kenny, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what will be on your yep. tombstone. Yep, yep. <laughs> a dashing I, uh, Jew. <laughs> handsome, dashing. I spill my water. Jew. I loved. Uh, I gotta say, got a little bit teary eyed when Daniel ends up at Kim's doorstep, just all was lovely. beaten up and bloody and. I don't know. I appreciate it, although that's not her house, or at least wasn't her house. And Kim Kim oh, is my, is she, my friend. Where was like she? A different house. How did he know? Because um, their house nicer. was, yeah. yeah. But that's yeah, her, her house had no doors. 
Yeah, it was like a pavilion. It was like it was like a lean to. <laughs> um, well, okay, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, go, go. Just real quick yeah. on that though, I, when he went back to her house, I, I was like, "Girl, don't let him in." I was like, she, "She's always putting up with this bullshit," it's and true. she just lets him walk the fuck over. Well, because he also puts up with her bullshit. I know, but her bullshit is usually retil- retil- well, retaliatory, yeah. or it's like reactionary. Like yeah. I don't feel like she initiates That's bullshit. That's true. All she does is take his because he looks like fucking James. He Franco. looks like James Franco. Yeah, I and James Dean. And James, James um, so and James Taylor. In the original version of this episode, which was only seen in a few museum screenings, the song that played in the final scene was Only Love Will Break Your Heart by Neil Young. But they Love apparently couldn't get the song rights. And I don't think Sinatra works as well. Like, I think it's fine. But you need something more melancholy. You need something that was sort of – it, it, it worked fine. It but seemed, it, 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 it bumped up against it a little bit. I agree yeah. with you. Yeah. I wish they had just chosen a sadder song. Um, but perhaps Only love is one of the greatest. Songs. It's fantastic, yeah. and it would have been perfect to end this episode. Mm. Obviously, they couldn't get the right. I could sing it. <laughs> Kenny has a wonderful, Kenny's got a beautiful yeah. singing voice. Yeah, I love singing. Yeah, uh, I, I don't. So it felt sad to me because the crooner version seems so happy. And yeah. It, so like for me, yeah. it was like a juxtaposition thing. I agree. Yeah, it, it felt it a little felt bit sadder. Well, especially yeah, like what's transpiring, especially. Uh, uh, Daniel showing up at Kim's door at the end. You need something that lands that. Yeah, great point. And I, it, it's, it, it's it felt like the, it felt like they were making a commentary on what was happening. Yes, which is like things are actually coming together. Yeah, yeah. but that's not really what I think was on screen. No, I agree with you. you 100%. Right. But they also uh, um, the, the doc, the dentist. Uh, the fuck is his name? Schreiber. Schreiber. Yeah, yeah. he did that. Hey, Sam, he got like he did that whole little he rat did. pack thing yeah. to Sam at the door. Yeah. So I don't know if that was a callback to that and Maybe. like. Hey, you know, yeah. love is kind of cheesy. Adults are cheesy. Being grown up is cheesy. My guess is that they didn't have to pay for the rights for the Frank Sinatra song. Hey, My guess I is love they had trying a bunch to apply songs. logic to a, to a I budgetary mean, I wrong, decision. But, uh, I thought that apparently James Franco day. came up with the idea of Daniel having a terrible home life and taking on a punk sort of goth persona, and yeah. Paul Feig loved it and immediately wrote a script that focused on it, which I think is interesting. Yeah. Um, overall, one of my favorites probably would be in my top five. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was just, it was a good one. Uh, I want to make two points. Okay. Before we wrap leave. up. Yeah. Um, and they might be together. They might be joined. I think These that, points? Yeah, they might be joined. So I think that- Siamese points. Well, Siamese points. Yeah. Well, I would never say that. Good <laughs> joined. Good joined. So sorry. Um, <laughs> I would never say that. Hi. Hi, Chuck. Um, okay, uh. so- I think about all the shows that this is kind of like um, cousins with, mm-hmm. right? This television series or this episode? No, this television series, okay. right? This is, this is about freaks and geeks, uh, you know, kind of on a grander scale. Um, and you think about, you know, coming of age teen shows. Mm-hmm. This is the only one I can really think of that is kind of, um, well, there are two. This and Friday Night Lights are the only two that are very clearly set in the male perspective. Mm-hmm. And I, in the beginning of our watch, thought that was a real kind of... Knock against it. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a real knock against it at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But now, as they've kind of focused that, you know, as that's come into focus, I guess mm-hmm. I would say. And they've really honed in on who these guys are. Not, they're not just boys. They're not just their typical... They're a very specific brand of boy. Yeah. They're sensitive boys, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I think that speaks to why... I love the show so much and why people in Hollywood like it so much. Because mm-hmm. we're all kind of these brands. We're all like different versions of the sensitive boy. Even Franco's a sensitive boy. Even Nick is a sensitive boy. And you don't see that in a lot of shows. Friday Night Lights is not necessarily a sensitive boy show, but it's a very specific brand sure. of boy that you don't see getting a coming-of-age show. Uh-huh. So that's one point I wanted to make. The co-point eh, – I guess it was the same point. I think <laughs> – should we should we act the same way to it? <laughs> the, the, the point, yeah. The, yeah. the the thesis that comes off that was that I actually think a new version of this could work. We're, oh, of this show. We, we've been saying so long that we don't think it could yeah. work. I think it could. I think you give yeah. it thirteen episodes on Netflix, and I think you let it breathe. Yeah. I think you tell it from the same perspective. It actually is weirdly novel now because you have literally fifty shows on TV told from the female perspective. You have another 50 like superhero shows that aren't this. Yeah. 
you know, yeah. that aren't this. But I think a grounded show told from a sensitive boy's perspective, yeah. that's a weirdly underserved market. I, I would agree with that. I will say this, though. My assumption, I could be wrong, is that Freaks and Geeks is brought up 10 times a day to network executives right now. And with yet the they YA never boom and with make all, the show. I, no, I know. I'm, I'm not, that's not, I'm, I, I I'm not against you. what you're saying. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, because you the key word there was grounded. I feel I feel like whenever you try to do a YA thing now, there has yeah. to be some massive hook to it, yeah. which doesn't feel or piece of IP or piece of IP exactly, yeah. which which have tends to pitched, have a massive hook to it. Have you pitched uh, YA stuff? I have n- wait. Have I pitched YA stuff? I, if I don't sell a pitch, I forget about it completely. <laughs> <laughs> I have to think about this for Fair. a second. It's how I it's yeah. how I don't yeah. beat myself That's up actually, for yeah. eternity. It's a defense mechanism. It's a defense mechanism. I, I, I have. I don't and think I, I have. Forget the ones I don't sell. Really. Oh, you got to let those go, bro. Yeah, no, no, it's hard. Uh, it's hard. Oh, no, no. I mean, I just sold away a thing. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Uh, All right, Phil. Phil, let's go, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but, uh, and it is based on IP. It's based on a book. More of a female perspective. It though. is a female perspective. Yeah. Um, it's hard to sell. It's hard to sell male perspective stuff. I would agree with that. It's. I think part of it, too, is that most YA stuff, books, yeah. IP, what have you, is from a female perspective. Because yeah. there is an assumption. I agree. Yeah. I know. There's an assumption that, that men that, can't be emotional. Boys men can't read. Into that. Boys can't read. And boys can read. Boys can read. That's, That's true. bullshit. That's true. We can. Boys can read as good as girls. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah. in all seriousness, guys, yes. if a boy wants to wants to engage with this type of stuff yeah they're generally watching stuff with more more from a female perspective like we all did yeah mm-hmm. right or like, they're watching superhero shit which, which is isn't like not I, I mean like i think yeah. i think homecoming is kind of that but yeah. like i mean homecoming is a john hughes movie that just happens to be about spider-man yeah, yeah. But, but i think yeah. that, you know like if i want to watch if i want to and i do want to watch like ya type stuff mm-hmm. you know you're watching like sabrina Mm-hmm. Which is great, and nothing—it's not great. But whatever, it's great, but nothing against it. But that's kind of where you're living, and I well, think it, that yeah. there's more of a market. There. And, and it, yeah, it's ironic because there—I feel like the thing that made Freaks and Geeks so like it made it catch on so much was that there the sensitive boy was not explored back then because mm-hmm. he was silenced back then by like you know mainstream masculinity. Totally. I feel like there are so many more sensitive boys now who are like. Yeah, loud yeah. and proud about it yeah. so why yeah why aren't they a part of it that's a very it's, good question yeah it's weird too because like well, i watched i was a big fan of euphoria on mm-hmm. hbo and while that was a lot of female perspective it didn't feel essentially feminine if that yeah no it's not very fluid yeah <laughs> for, yeah, yeah, yeah yes that's a great reasons. yes yeah. that's a great great word yeah for it, but I, I, it but felt it, feminine to me it did I, I not a bad way i mean yeah. like it felt feminine to me but it, and it all it also felt like the right way into the world like there is something that that's the thing. Like I've been conditioned to think that the the more interesting way into the the world yeah. is from the girl's perspective, and I'm not saying it's not. Yeah, just saying there are obviously other ways to do this. Yeah. Well, it's funny you should say that because for a very long time I tended to write female protagonists because I did find them more interesting to write because I felt like the male characters that I wrote had to fall in a very sort of like specific box. And it is great to see that that box is getting much bigger and there's much more sort of, mm-hmm. of a gray zone to your point. Um, but yeah, the, the beta male, as much as I might hate that that terminology, does feel like something that can exist in television shows now in a very real way. The teen show right now, we are. I think that one of the blessings of the streaming shit that's happening right now is that teen stuff is getting a whole new kick at the can. As because, is everything, which is great. Sure. But, but teen stuff in particular – was very, very hard to sell. There were very few oh, buyers yeah. that wanted it because they didn't know you had your free forms, you had your whatevers, but like really it was very narrow. For a while it was MTV, Freeform, CW, that's the list. That's the list. That's the list. And MTV stopped doing it. Mm-hmm. And CW and was basically twenty something. Yeah, it really wasn't, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't really teens. Yeah, and yeah. if you didn't get in with Berlanti or like, you know, Julie Plack CBS, and your, yeah, 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 or Josh. So, so yeah. I do love the fact that they realized teens watch streaming. So they're just like, great, let's do this again, and that's great. Um, but to your point, it would be great to have shows that are aimed at boys. I think that I think Stranger Things is probably yeah. that yeah. thing. 
but that's the closest. But it's supernatural. Yeah. It's not grounded. Yeah. Yeah. It's also, yeah, exactly. It's because it's supernatural, it doesn't mm-hmm. get to those same points. It doesn't deal with the same day to day awkwardnesses of being a kid because it's always around that, like, oh, the, right. the gargamoils or whatever they're it's called. Also the Demogorgons? Cool. It's also not Demogorgons. Demogorgons are coming. It's also not that good. I would, I, I agree, but I would also say, say this that, the wrong yeah, lessons were learned from it, too, which is yeah. that. More Demogorgons, less emo kids, when I think the the opposite should be the case, which is that what they should have taken away from it is kids want to watch kids dealing with, you know, know, puberty and and, and falling in love for the first time and all that sort of stuff. And they're like, no, 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 actually what they want are fucking 80s music cues and monsters, which I don't think is the case. With the end of the fucking world on Netflix, I feel like that was like a saving grace for that genre. I was like, if if that catches on. People start to make more of these. I feel yeah. like you'll get back. to But then there were people about. that were like, "Don't make a season two of End of the Fucking World." Did you guys, why two. would they say that? Did you guys see? They're it? Satan people. <laughs> Did you ever see it? I watched the first it's season. One. No, no, it. Hi T. No, no. Did you ever no. see? It? I saw. Wait, the new it or yes, the old? The new it. it. The new the, the new second. I've the seen new the sequel it. or the new the, kids? No, the 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 kids version. <laughs> Yes, part one. It part one. Part one. I enjoyed it very much. I thought Uh, it was like Stranger Things, but good. But good, exactly. It it went to places that Stranger Things wouldn't go. I loved it. Part two, not as good. I heard the. I didn't see that. I didn't see that. I've heard bad things about part two, but I really thought part one was. I heard part one was great. I've watched bits and pieces of it on HBO. Uh, I'm a big wuss. But I think I don't like scary movies. It's not that scary. Yeah, I've what I've watched. I'm like, you know what? Maybe this isn't that scary. And then I'll see fucking Pennywise. I'm like, I'm good. It's good. He's a, that's a good clown. That's a scary fucking, <laughs> scary fucking clown, man. It's a good fucking clown. All right. Um, um, what do we do? So next week. 16. Episode 16. Uh, Becky Feldman mm-hmm. is our guest. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. great. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah 16, episode 16 is called, you know. I don't know what it's called. Stinking and thinking. Stinkin'. <laughs> it's not called that. Um, we only got three more, guys. Oh three, my more God. And, three more and we're done. Um, but uh, just as a, as a disclaimer, and we'll talk a little bit about this on our, on our finale as well, but we're going to keep doing, you know, if we can get guests on, uh, cast, crew, writers, what have you, to come on and talk about Freezing Geeks, we'll have lots of bonus episodes hopefully down the road. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening. Thanks, Chuck. Thank you guys for having me. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's 1999. Podcast like it. You want a podcast like it. 1999. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.